comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. TV podcast episode number 12 hey we made a dozen of these all right Ooh. and <laughs> joining me as always on my Star Wars companions the man in the yellow suit chub toad Sheldon I can't make my vocal cords vibrate but hey <laughs> and the head and the um the demon's head of his own personal league of podcasting assassins Mr. Daryl Taylor well we both have big bellies so it's cool yeah yeah that was uh, that was kind of weird Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I want the big brothers to be on Arrow for change. Yeah, it was. Wait, cold. he's the demon head. Yeah. Okay, Daryl, I, I I challenge you to combat. All right, climb oh, that man. mountain. So both you guys <laughs> got to take your shirts off and go somewhere cold. And you got to climb a mountain. I'm not. I'm not climbing that mountain. I climbing oh, mountain I ain't climbing either. no mountain. I'll be climb. dead before I get to the top. <laughs> I'm gonna do what he did. I did the helicopter. Well, why you think he doesn't have to fight anybody for 67 years? You don't have to climb that mountain. <laughs> he just waits for you. He gets in his helicopter, flies up top, and then yeah. you have to climb the mountain and fall off. You're climbing the mountain. He's up there having brunch, bloody exactly. I'd be eating balls of spaghetti. I'd be eating bowls and bowls of spaghetti, waiting for you. Watching Star Trek reruns, eating spaghetti, huh? Uh-huh. Having my men drop water all down the cliffs. You get a fishing pole with a Big Mac at the end, and like that's you know, right. dangle it down, you know, just out of reach. Hey, now, nobody that said would I could probably do it. get me up there. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. Nobody said we couldn't do that. We have a lot of great, uh, well, we have three really great uh, shows to talk about this week. First of all, Constantine, and then uh, we have, of course, the season finale, mid-season finales of uh, The Flash, uh, The Man in the Yellow Suit, and mm-hmm. Arrow, which was uh, called The Climb, as, as we mm-hmm. mentioned, because he had to climb up the side of a damn mountain just to get to the fight. He sure did. But, wow, so much good stuff this week. Uh, it's kind of uh, mind-blowing. Let's start with the appetizer before we get to the main course of the season finales. Let's start with Constantine uh, this week. The yeah. title of the episode is Blessed Are the Damned. Mm-hmm. Directed by Nick Gomez, who's done a lot of genre television. I don't know if you guys remember the old show. Um, uh, Burn Notice. Uh, he's he's done Law & Order. He's done um, oh, yeah. The Shield. He's done The Sopranos. He's done a lot of really heavy television. So... I mean, again, Constantine keeping the production values high, uh, as, as always. Um, this story, really kind of cool, backwards uh, preacher gets stung or uh, bit by a uh, rattlesnake while he's, you know, hand- like one of these snake-handling uh, churches, mm-hmm. uh, and then immediately is revived and is able to heal people with the touch of his hands. Uh, and so uh, Zed and Constantine go check it out because uh, Chaz, for some reason, has a week off mm-hmm. uh, to go hang out with his daughter. Well, he did get slammed by a car and stuff, and... Yeah, well, you know, he's got to get his hit points back, I yeah. guess. 
So uh, they get down, they uh, they get down there and they realize that uh, this guy, as he uh, he had died, uh, you know, as he was crossing over, he grabbed one of the pin feathers of of an angel who had just fallen to earth in Imogene. Uh, Manny refuses to help in this situation, mm-hmm. and it's the uh, the feather that's giving him his abilities. Um, as the story progresses, it turns out that this is not an angel from heaven, but rather a fallen angel. Whoops. What? <laughs> and uh, Manny possesses Zed. She rips the heart out of the fallen angel. Uh, Constantine keeps the heart, and then Manny... Uh, has more cautionary uh, talk for Constantine about how the the veil between Earth and Hell has never been thinner, mm-hmm. and the things are going to get much much worse. I, I will tell you, I'm 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 not sure. It's hard for me to really determine, but this is probably my favorite episode of the show so far, or if or it's up there tied with um the uh, the one bef- the week before. I, I just what a great episode. I loved it. I thought. The whole thing with the angel. I mean, I didn't see that coming, the whole fallen angel thing. And I was really impressed with how it, the story took a twist. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a really good episode. Very good. That's good writing. Usually they don't do that. Yeah, yeah, was, the, was this from writing. the comic at all? I mean, was there any story like this in the comic? It, it may have been. I don't. I don't know this the storyline offhand. Because there's been so many. Um, I don't remember if they pulled this from that or not. There isn't a uh, on the writing credits. There isn't a uh, a reference to one of the comic mm-hmm. book writers. Usually, when they take one of their stories, yeah, they have to. Yeah. Which, which story, okay. like either Jamie Delano or Garth Ennis or whatever. So I'm I'm assuming this is an original story. It's written by Daniel Cerrone, mm-hmm. the producer of, of the series, and uh, and there's Cerrone. no comic characters from it that I know of. So no, but atmospherically, it was really cool. Again. I, I keep saying this about Constantine. It just seems very cinematically shot. It's shot the way mm-hmm. a movie is shot. It doesn't look like a TV show very much, uh, especially this episode. Very atmospheric, really good use of light and cinematography. Um, the scenes, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the scene where the guy whose leg grows back when he goes on his right. killing rampage. Um, we see, like, first we see the cop's point of view, and then we see from the, the dash cam. And then back again from the cop's point of view as he attacks, and then it cuts to the, from the dash cam of the cop's car. Um, I thought that was, you know, kind of a cool choice. Very well done. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really think the quality of the show is very, very high, you know, and the, the writing was very good this episode, uh, as you mentioned. Um, the the guy who played uh, Pastor Zachary, uh, Patrick Carroll, um, character actor who's been around a little bit um, in, in other shows, but I thought he was positively creepy. Um, and then later on, kind of sympathetic when you realize that, you know, he is actually he actually killed someone and he was damned and that was a fallen angel coming to take him to hell and not to heaven. Yeah, all around, solid episode again. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, to, you know, to, to drop some news, uh, the, the, the ratings are, are slipping even further for Constantine um, from the past couple weeks, even with plus three and plus seven added in. So if you like this show and it's pretty, a pretty quality show, I would you know have your friends watch it. And if you know somebody with a Nielsen box or something, have them watch it two or three times. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I kind of I kind of think mean, it's, it, it's not the show is something they'll watch later. I, I really think that that you know one of the things about the show is since it's so new, this is something that um, people are not jumping to right away. Or if they are, they're you know they wait. They'll they're recorded. They wait. Watch. I keep thinking, and I thought this a couple weeks ago, and I, I forgot to mention it, so I want to mention it now. I think this would do well on Netflix. Oh, it definitely Oh, I agree. Would. I agree. Oh, yeah. 
I think it would do well on Netflix or, or, mm-hmm. or Amazon Prime or something where they could... I mean, I don't know if they... they I mean, obviously, the production level will probably be a little lower mm-hmm. because of the budget or whatever. But, I mean, um, if, if you know, one of those pay services were to get behind it, they could, you know, go a little... You know, more fast and loose with the violence and the adult themes than they were able to on NBC. And granted, you know, I give them credit. Uh, I caught John Constantine smoking. A yeah, couple I was times waiting. To, I was going to bring that up, and I, you know, I mean, each time he was putting it out, but he, you still saw him take a drag and everything. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder. I wonder if the, the time slot maybe allows for that, or I don't know. But I'm thinking if the fans get behind it enough, I mean, and. Again, it's a quality show. The cast is good. The writing is good, and it's been getting better, I think, steadily as it's been going along. Um, and I mean, you guys seem mm-hmm. to agree with me on that. But um, you, you know, if it, if it ends up foundering on NBC, I think it, it might be able to find a, you know, a home on Netflix or one of the paid. You know channels. what? Well, I don't know. And Netflix. I'm sorry, real quick. But Netflix wanted a, a horror um, series. They they tried out that Hemlock Grove, and I, I don't think that worked out too well for them. I think after two seasons, they can. That, that was Eli Roth. Yeah. But, I mean, this could, this could be a good, solid horror yeah, Hemlock, series. Yeah, Hemlock was not even just a... It was more of a... Um, yeah, it was, it was like a, soap a opera. horror I soap only opera. watched, like, the first yeah, episode that's what they, Like, Dark Shadows right. with vampires. Or with right. werewolves. And, 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 but, um, yeah, they could... Like, Constantine could definitely... Um, could could do for uh, Netflix. I mean, it could definitely do things to Constantine. They don't need to, and they wouldn't need to go a hard R for it to be, you know, great. But um, they could definitely do things, expand stories. No, they don't have to worry about um, making it an episode where you you got to have a, a a some kind of supernatural um, threat every episode. Like they could actually make it that it could be one long adventure like one if they wanted to do some you know one big long story closer to how he they do in the books or make every six it maybe every couple of episodes could be one trade i was gonna say or do like sherlock on bbc you know instead of uh you know, thirteen episodes. You get three episodes, but they're you know feature film length. Right. Episodes. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that could be the beginning of his story arc or whatever. And they will. And since people watch it and you know you watch it and and uh, binging, you can binge watch binge watch it. You don't have to worry about oh we gotta you know take a break or oh you know trying to get people to come back the next week or you know all that kind of crap. You wouldn't have to worry about it. I also think this is the kind of show I think if it had a little time to get some traction, it could probably have a cult following a lot like Supernatural has. I definitely think it could. Or like or or like Buffy mm-hmm. used to have. Well, that's the thing. Um, I'd like, like to go back that kind of thing. a few years if I can find the numbers and kind of see how Grimm's numbers started out because I know that it was struggling in the beginning and see how they compare because, I mean, it, it took a little while for it to find its audience, but once it did, I mean, it's got a solid follow and they don't yeah. they do not have the same uh number of, of uh viewers that it started out with either um you know they went through a lot of issues you know things they wanted you know people complained about it. i remember watching it and and you know some of the complaints about uh the way that the character was and and you know trying to get involved in the story and then trying to make it feel like um like it's going somewhere and it's not going to be just a you know the same old uh, A plot is him fighting some 
you know, evil creature and 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 the B plot is something else. And, you know, like it it's goes through the same thing most TV shows, network, television programs go through. Like when you have well, 23 episodes. Yeah. And I also wonder, you know, with some of the regions tampering with the show, mm-hmm. um, I, I live down here in the Bible Belt. And, you know, this this area, the network uh, affiliates are famous, especially the Fox ones, but all of them mm-hmm. for things that they don't agree with here. They'll cut things out. I mean, I, sure I had to watch the Cosmo show uh, on on line because mm-hmm. they were cutting out five, six minutes of stuff because they didn't agree with it because, you yeah. know, science is fake um, and the world's only six thousand years old. Um <laughs> uh, but why? Why I, I? That's how. That's why I now watch Constantine. I let my DVR record it, so hopefully it helps numbers somewhere. I don't know, but I watch it on Hulu the next day, or that's the only way I watch it now. Because here in Oklahoma City, um, the affiliate has cut pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't know what pieces. I haven't gone back and watched the episodes on Hulu that I had watched, you know, on broadcast. But also, um. Almost all the commercial breaks are one solid infomercial about um, uh, Christian theology and all this other stuff. So, you know, I wonder if that also drives people away. I mean, well, I, you know, when you when you have something like this, like a horror show, you know, and it's dealing with themes like this and angels and fallen angels and Satan and, and stuff like that. When you're, I always think it's going to be hard when you do that with network television, like they're always going to be worried, um, what you can do, you know, having demon kids and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, um, when you have this subject matter, it's, 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 it's harder to, uh, to deal with. Like it's easy to do violence, but it's, it's when you mess with religion, it's, it's nothing yeah. new. I mean, go back to. I mean, people. I remember uh, seeing documentaries about like people protesting Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby and The Exorcist right. because they used Satan. They used you know you know figures from from Christian literature used in in you know, fiction in this way. I mean, remember Kevin Smith's Dogma is another you know, good example right. of of or, or Life right. of Brian. Right. You know, so I mean, it's not or for Last Temptation of Christ. You know, so it, it, it's it's sad reality, but no, I, nothing I, new. And, uh, it's yeah. too bad. It's too. I bad have no problem with people wanting to talk to their invisible friends, but they don't need to be forcing it on everybody mm-hmm. else to talk to their invisible friends. You know, I want to watch what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. You don't like it? Shut it off. Yeah. Well, it's niche television, right. and that's not you know, and that's not something where it's going to bring in a whole bunch of viewers. It's just not. You know, when you when you do niches like this, when it comes to horror, like that's something that um, people don't look to uh, network television to watch. You know, they they usually if they're into it, they don't want it to be restricted. You know, they'll they'll watch it in other ways. Um, so it's hard. It's hard. Like I I can see even people I know that said they like it, they they do not watch it when it comes on. They they usually watch it online. Or um, or they even say, you know what? I'll wait. Like I'll wait till it comes on Netflix. I've even I've heard people say that too. Which goes back to Jim's point. This would probably yeah. be good to be on Netflix. Yeah, it, like it's that. not yeah. the type of show where it feels vital to everybody like it does to uh, to us. Like we we watch it every week, but 
to others is the kind of show where they go, I'll just watch it in a group. I'll wait, you know, I'll wait for it to come out on, uh, I, you know, all of it on iTunes or whatever, and I'll, I'll watch it at my leisure as opposed to waiting, doing it week to week. It just, it's just not that. Uh... Part of the problem there, and I kind of suffer from this too. Whenever I go to watch it, is I kind of have to sit and think for a minute about the last couple of weeks because so far there hasn't been, other than the blood drops on the map thing, there hasn't really been this overarching story that has connective tissues between each episode and things, you know. That, well, besides the warnings of the angel, right. that's about it, yeah. Yeah, and that, I, I don't know if that's hurting it, because, I mean, I'm still very entertained and I love the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, most shows that have an arc like that, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it all week. Constantine, once I watched it, I'm very entertained, loved it. You know, I think about what I want to talk about when we get on our, our show here. And um, other than that, I don't really think any more about the episode, you know? See, there's like a thread. Like, Supernatural had that thread eventually of finding out that the brothers were attacked by this one particular demon. So then, yeah, I don't know. I've invested. never watched Supernatural, but, so <laughs> well, that <laughs> yeah. that was what. Like, if you had watched Supernatural, once you watch it in a group, and you get to that point where you you get invested halfway in the season, but you got to get halfway into the season. That's you know about 10, 15 episodes before you well, get it, that. It, it it got people in because I remember even my uh, my ex wife who was not really into this type of. Uh, genre like she didn't hate it but she just you know didn't think about it at all she had I brought the DVDs home and left it and she was she had a cold so she watched she went through the whole half of the season that got her invested if this was something that was just coming on you know one week she probably would have been like oh okay whatever and forgot about it and moved on but once it got to that point where there was a hit like the hit was uh, getting this guy, this one demon, you find out has been terrorizing these two. They terrorize this family. You find out that these brothers have had this one guy that's been the threat, the demon. And then it opened up a whole other thing that there's more than just that demon. There's a whole world of other cre- you know, threat that he's trying to do to the whole world. And you have to deal with that. The same way that when uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when they had that episode where you where Hydra took over Shield, now it opened up, and you have more people invested in the show. Um, same thing. Flash kind of did it quick. You kind of had the you you kind of get invested quick, quickly with Flash because you know they killed his mother early. You find that out in the first freaking episode, so you kind of get invested right, in yeah. that. But Arrow, it. it Arrow, they did it a good job of doing that too, where you get invested very quickly with the list. And but then yeah, even the list. I even up. have to admit that I mean it took me a good four or five. Ep- well, actually, with Arrow, I was letting it build up on the DVR because I wasn't mm-hmm. even really sure yet, you know, because I was kind of gun shy on CW at the time and all that because there right. just wasn't a lot on there that I really cared about. And um, but then you know my buddy Kenneth I used to do our old Nerd Herd podcast with he he kept mm-hmm. going dude you got to watch it you got to watch it so I binge watched the entire. I think first nine episodes and, but I do have to say that it took me a little while, probably till episode four or five before I was really, 
really on board with it. By the time I got caught up with what I had on my DVR, I was like, is it next week yet? But yeah, you know, and we, you, someone brought up Buffy uh, a, a few minutes ago. I mean, that's another thing. It, it, you know, when they premiered that, it only had, what was it? 10, 12 episodes. It was like a, like a, uh, a spring, you know, filler show to kind of yeah, bring it was in. a show How like the first out. first episode right. was two hours and because then... i re- yeah i remember driving down the freeway in texas mm-hmm. and before it premiered and saw the sign for the wb you know right. buffy and because i love the movie buffy the vampire slayer i think that movie was just fantastic and i'm like how in the heck are they gonna do that as a show i'm like that's gonna be ridiculous and i remember watching it you know uh and in the beginning, it was very cheesy. I still liked it because I kind of liked that cheesy, but, you know, it, it built up enough interest. But, you know, there was a lot of talk. You know, they were having uh, trouble with sponsorship and everything else. Oh, yeah, because they thought it was going to – they thought it was a, a silly uh, teenage uh, soap opera type show and it wasn't going to make it. The other thing with that is it took the whole season for them to kind of get their footing – until the towards the end, and then they fought the master, and then that opened it up for another, you know. And then they then well, what the also second CW, season of Buffy was awesome, though. I mean, right? It, but they, what they is. also did that I remember too is they support. But the thing is, the network supported the show. They even they even right. um, did a marathon on on a Sunday. Yep. Of of Buffy after it was finished. They did a marathon of Buffy. But the thing is, you have to support it. Like, they kept it going. They didn't just take it off the air, and they committed to it, and they kept it going. And something like this, it's the same deal. You you either, you either have to commit to it, even when the numbers are not um, where you want them to be, at least for us nowadays another is season. Everything is, is instant gratification. Right. They- the numbers now right they, and i kind of get it because you know with my marketing background and everything you know when you're dealing with uh, a company's marketing budget which is you know a large chunk of their expenses mm-hmm. uh every year out of their budget you know they're they're going for where they're going to get to that that 18 to 49 demographic or if it's something for children you know that mm-hmm. demographic and with the internet and everything else i mean they can take if if they're not getting the numbers on a television show they can start sponsoring you know different toy websites or game websites and things like that that you know they're going to get better reach on than what they're getting in numbers like what we're seeing in Constantine right now. But, I mean, th- that that's the whole point of it, you know, because my other example is, you know, the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I love every minute of it. And at the time, I thought it was great. But when you go back and look at it, you know, uh, after watching season two, you're kind of like, wow, what a night and day difference. You know, there's no longer the silly jumpsuits. There aren't beads and And Counselor Troy's hair and all that nonsense. And they, you know, they streamlined it. And then we ended up ending that season with Locutus, you know. So, (laughs) well, I mean, well, the whole thing with that is with Star Trek The Next Generation is they got a whole season like they it was already they already knew they were going to get a season at least so they can kind of get through that first season is like star trek that didn't get good till towards the second season towards almost the end of the second season but they got a full you know they got a lot of episodes to get to that point to get that chance and that's the thing with that's changed with tv is you don't with network television you don't get that chance and that's why it, 
kind of works when it's in syndication because Star Trek was syndication, pretty much. That's true. Yeah. So the, I mean, it's but the think about it. Nowadays, you have Lieutenant Yar get killed by an oil slick. Um, they're going to cancel. People are going to. It's just I. I don't think it would work today. Well, they, I would say because even, I don't think anybody would have given it a chance. Long no, enough. but I. I would even say with. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where people were panning it left and right, the difference was ABC owned, like, ABC owned the movies and the, you know, they own the movie universe as well, so they had a vested interest that they're going to keep it going. Like, if they right. if it didn't have that, if they didn't have, if ABC wasn't owned by Disney, which owned the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know they would have pulled that. They would have pulled that show a long time ago. Exactly. But, I guess what we're saying in a roundabout way is studio executives, when you're dealing with genre shows and shows like this, you need you, you need to be patient. Don't yeah. just cut it off at the knees when it hasn't even had a chance to find its legs, you know. And that's the thing is, is you mm-hmm. know, for those of us that are very much into these shows, I mean, even I like I said earlier, I don't even watch it at broadcast time now. And, yeah. you know, mostly because of where the region I live in, but also Friday nights is, you know, not exactly the night that I sit and watch broadcast television live, you know? Right. So, and that actually you get to the point now where I don't watch any broadcast television live anymore. Right. Um, it's just that way. It, it just, I don't go to watch TV until, um, D, I DVR everything. Like even, uh, Sons of Anarchy, I, which is the show I love. That even on this last episode, I didn't watch. Nope. The, okay, don't spoil it. I haven't watched. No, yet. no spoilers. <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't even. I still, as much as I am a fan since season one, I still did not watch the finale live because I just program in my own brain to not watch stuff as it as it comes on live. To always, I'm always episodes behind. You know, days behind an episode because I will always watch it on my DVR. It's That's just the way it is. And ahead of your time. You just, are, <laughs> we are I mean, all moving that way. I mean, it, it's. Just, we've talked about it before. A la carte entertainment is where yeah. we're going. Yeah, we're, we're moving that way. Even as much as we don't want to, you know, as much as uh, network television doesn't want that to happen, it, it is. I mean, I don't think anybody would ever stop watching TV. They're always going to have an audience, but they're. They still have to to reevaluate, just like they have been, but they still have to continue to do that. What is their high number of viewers now? Because it's not the same as it was four, five, ten years ago. Just to say, it's a definite thumbs up for this last episode from me. Yes, I it hasn't dipped in quality at all to me either. So it's it's still going good, and I hope people continue to watch it. I just have a feeling that people are. They have that thing in their head to switch. For people that do like it, I mean, they have the the switches on to, I'll just wait. You know? Right. We, um, yeah, the, the rating this for this episode was uh, 3.17 uh, million viewers, which is uh, one of the lower ratings that they've had uh, after the second and third episodes. It's, it's kind of gaining momentum there for a few episodes, but now it's kind of slipped off. And I, bit, and so. I, I would say still part of it is this holiday season's coming up. Um, it's for Friday. It's still Friday, and yeah. and people are you know getting getting stuff together for the holidays because it's it's earlier and earlier now. You know, with parties and Christmas parties and and things of that nature, and and uh, even I think even a lot of other shows are, are doing their mid 
uh, season finales right now too. So you jump to those as well. So um, I think all those things affect it. It, it really affects uh, this show. So we'll see. We'll see during the break when there's that space of time where there's not a lot of. I'm sorry. I just want to say real quick that they, that, yeah, just for for everyone listening, they're they're not taking a break at all on Constantine. They're going to show all the episodes straight through until all twelve. Well, or and hopefully maybe they'll um, do like what Daryl was talking about before, with what Buffy did, and maybe spend some time somewhere and do a, a a marathon or something to kind of pick up viewers on a Saturday or a Sunday or something. Well, they try. I mean, they at least did that. They well, they did it on the on the Siffy channel, but they did do it. They did a marathon of the of the show um, to right. kind of do that. But I don't. But not everybody thinks to themselves they're going to jump to the the Siffy channel to do that. Right. But they just, you know, we'll see. I will not lose hope. Let's move on to um, one of my favorite hours of television this week. Episode 9 of The Flash, The Men yeah. in the Suit. Uh, starting out with a flash mm-hmm. forward, actually. Uh, and Arrow starts out the same way. It starts out with a, uh, a flash forward scene. Sure and flashing back. Um, the, um, they both started the same way. I, I noticed that. I don't know if that was conscious choice. Curious or not. Uh, and this, there's a lot of flying. There's a lot of uh, moving parts in this episode. Basically, uh, Mercury Labs, who are a competitor of Star Labs, gets mm-hmm. to get attacked by the Man in Yellow, uh, the same man that killed yeah. Barry's mother. Um, put very, and we'll talk about this later. But uh, the way he's always vibrating and the way his eyes are mm-hmm. glowing red and everything, I'm really, um, I'm really thinking instead of like having super speed, he's actually kind of unstuck in time. The way that Hunter Zolomon's character I think was. it is. That's what I was assuming. Yeah, that that's you know what, what I it mean? is too. Basically, uh, the man in the yellow suit shows up to steal uh, the Mercury Labs uh, work in. And who is in charge of that uh, corporation? Why it's Amanda Pays. And who <laughs> is she? Doctor Tina McGee. And who is Doctor Tina McGee? Tell us, Daryl. Who is Doctor Tina McGee? Well, if anyone has watched the uh, the Flash show from 1990, uh, like we have, they would know that she the yep. the same character that hung out with Barry. She was the scientist that helped Barry back then, who was played by mm-hmm, John Wesley Shipp, who plays Barry's dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was his. And also, um, also tying into some quick news, we found out Mark Hamill. It's going to be reprising his role in some way as the trickster. It's all coming back. The tachyons are moving around and everything's going in time and everything is mixing and <laughs> past is becoming future and future is past and I don't know. Dogs and cats living together in sin. <laughs> and I saw her, I was like, wow, it's you. It's you. Yeah. it was. She had some really like snarky uh, scenes too, like both the scenes she was in. At first, you know, she's kind of like... Uh, being snarky at Dr. Wells, and in the second scene, she's being snarky at that at, uh, at Barry, who has to kind of be a dick to her to get what he wants from her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't like Tina being like that. She was nicer in the in the old show. Well, I mean, it remains <laughs> to be seen. You know what? You know what kind of you know larger role she may play, if any. You know, down the road. So, but it was nice to see her in, in a small role. It was really cool that they gave her that that role and let her keep her name. That was really you know nice right. that they were able to do that and. To 
it's it's just all around the show. It just get it gets goodwill because they they don't care. They don't worry about um, you know naming another character of the show of the original show. They don't worry about those type of things, and that's stupid stuff that a network used to worry about. Like I don't right, yeah. And they're playing, and they're totally playing to. I mean, I was reading an in-depth uh, critique of this uh, show so far, you know, this part of the season, and from some uh, magazine, and they were saying that the the cool thing about the show is it was geeky enough for guys like you and me mm-hmm. and, and Rich or whatever, but it's also on entry level for people who aren't. Right. And right. this is the kind of thing where if you were just, you know, you just like the show and you're watching the show. It wouldn't mean anything to you. She'd just be an ancillary character who has something to do with Mercury Labs. But if you had knowledge of the previous Or you're show, sitting next to one of us. Uh, we're, yes, we're going right. To... We're in the room with one of us. Oh my God, it's her. I can't believe it's her. And then explain why, you know. Yeah. Um, Barry, uh, Barry engages the men in, in yellow. Mm-hmm. And they have a high-speed chase around the city, which was just, I thought, really well executed, especially for TV special effects. Oh, yeah. It was a comic book, man. Yeah, like in the sta- when they're in the stadium. Yeah, uh, those scenes where they're running around, all of it, just the, around each other. Just the flash forward, flash back thing of them running through the city. It was just like this is a freaking comic book, man. Just I'm looking at, I'm opening up a comic book and I'm watching them do this right now. It's a motion comic. Yes, it was like, are you freaking kidding me? After last week's uh, uh, fanboy dream. Of that two of the the crossover, then we go to this. I know. After was, that, I know it was intense, and we'll get to Arrow too, which was another intense yes. episode. Um, they're just not, you know, they're not putting the brakes on. No. You know, after last no. week, they're just like, hey, now is when we're really gonna kick it in. And as cool as they made, you know, a lame character like Captain Boomerang in mm-hmm. this, my hat is once again off to Berlanti and company for making. What is ostensibly one of the craziest looking costumes in comicdom, the reverse flashes costume, yes. look scary as hell and menacing in this. Creepy. As, and and ma- yes, and making this character the kind of menace that he should be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Rather than you know playing it off as some some jokey kind of uh, you know bizarro version of Flash, he really that the menace is there. Like you said, the voice very creepy. Right. That kind of modulated, vibrating voice. Um, the fact that he never stands still long enough. I mean, he looks like he's stockier and a little taller than Barry, but you can't really tell because he never, even when they have him penned in later in the mm-hmm. episode, they really don't have him standing still ever. And if it, um, if we think this is uh, this is Barry's speed that he's pulling from, if we think that it's the machine that's kind of pulling that, kind of pulling against Barry's speed, like he's... Whatever it is, he seems to be faster, and I don't. And I think Barry is still holding himself back. Well, Barry gets his ass. Wet. Yes, because I don't. I, I understand because the guy is. I mean, even well, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there is that one scene where um, Cisco says something about there being lightning, both yellow mm-hmm. and red. Yeah, and that that um, you know that it seemed to be drawing you know more speed off of the Flash. And then he just, you know, literally beats the crap out of Barry and leaves him there yeah. in the stadium and tells him, you know, Barry's like, who are you? Why have you done this? And uh, basically his answer is, you know, we've known each other for a long time, Barry. You know, you know who I am. And in, in you know, in the theory that I have that we'll get to, I guess, at the end of whatever, who, who the reverse flash is, he has known Barry for a really long time. Um, but 
drawing the the drawing of that energy here that you that you um you know refer to and then cisco says talks about and then the drawing of the tachyons later mm -hmm. i think is very i mean we when we see in the very end scene with wells and the suit he's definitely charging it up for something right but but we'll get we'll get to you know let's not put the cart before the horse um meanwhile as this is going on with Barry and the man in yellow so caitlin um finds you know finds ronnie raymond wandering homeless mm -hmm. in the streets in the cisco to help him they find him living in the the uh, sub-basement of a mall and uh he doesn't have any recommend recollection of caitlin um he you know he says that his he's not ronnie or so uh, we think uh he said and then his his hands and uh uh head uh spontaneously combust on fire mm -hmm. And uh, they they back off and, and 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 leave him alone. Which not too um, bad on that effect either. No. No, that looks really good. I like the way that looked, especially later when we see him again. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked even cooler, like when he took off into the sky. Oh, that um, was freaking. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. I didn't think I, they I would go like, that wow. route. I just thought he would just walk away on flames. Like I didn't think that they no, would. No. That there we go. You leave me alone. Now I'm out. And then he just did his thing and just flew in the air. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I was going to say, now, I I wonder if he really doesn't remember her. Or well, maybe that's it, the other personalities. Maybe. Okay. Or I was. Well, because I thought at one I thought when she first um, saw him, mm -hmm. he he was following her so i'm wondering if maybe maybe he doesn't know who she is but for some reason he's drawn to her could be well i was so, thinking maybe could, he's flickering that... he's flickering in the matrix if he if i don't know if if he already has the other person jason rush inside of him or in this case professor stein. or professor stein inside of him maybe yeah. when the professor's kind of taking over the matrix a little bit that's when he sees her and he doesn't remember her. And then when Ronnie takes over, like it at the end, it looks like he recognized her. Oh when yeah, he, for when sure. At the, yeah. at the end, he it, yeah. When he tells her, you know, don't come after right. me or whatever, don't come. So it seems like again. you have two different, right? Like you, you, it seems like he has two different personalities. Maybe they're trying to, maybe they're going that route of uh, the Matrix not exactly being stable yet, so they're flickering between personalities. And that's the problem. Like they share the, they, they're sharing Ronnie's body visually. You know, you see Ronnie's body is the one that, that they're sharing really, but in their mind, they're both flickering between the two. You know, the both of those people that are sharing that matrix. That'd be consistent with what we know about the character. Exactly. That's that's why I, that's the only reason why I thought that maybe it's not him all the time run, running the ship. Maybe it's you know, it's 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 the professor or, or Jason running the ship or maybe it's professor now and then to stabilize maybe something happens where they separate and then it's he's not fit with maybe he doesn't fit right with the professor and he has he needs jason is the one that he fits right with and it to make it stable mm -hmm. Interesting. i guess we'll see yeah but they seem to Those be going all, all out theories. like they seem to not be playing with the whole holding back on on firestorm's powers they seem to be going full force and this is freaking firestorm this is not just a dude who lights on fire every you know little while 
It's, I'm telling you, it's like we talked about in the last episode. They're moving toward a CW Justice League. Yeah, game. and I didn't think that they would do you that. I, I, and, you, and it's blowing my mind, and I'm loving I, it. I'm loving every minute of I'm it. I'm like, where do they get the money for this? But then I have to think, It right now, the, the science for, for this technology, this, this whole technology is getting cheaper and cheaper. And it's getting better and better. So that they can, you know, they can do these things now with the show. Like, this is something they could not have done five years ago. If they have, it wouldn't it had it wouldn't have looked nearly as good, and it would have been more too expensive to do to do much with it. Well, on the uh, CW side of things, this episode, Eddie asks Iris to move in with him. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't um, like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Either. Me neither. <laughs> um, and then, and one, what I thought was like probably the emotional center of the whole uh, episode after watching it a couple times, mm-hmm. after Barry gets his ass whooped by the man in yellow, he goes to see his dad. Yeah, he does. Because the Star Labs guys are like, you know, you're too close to this. You're too angry. Yeah. You're too Both his dad's conversations almost made me tear up a little. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, uh, later, you know, with um, with Joe. Yeah, but this scene where he goes to talk to um, John Wesley Shipp and, uh, you know, tell him that, you know, he finally confronted this guy and he finally, you know, tracked him down and he wasn't strong enough to take mm-hmm. him. You know, and John Wesley Ship tells him, you know, that man in yellow has already taken so much from us. Don't let him, you know, you've got to live your life. You know, you can't let him take any more away from us. And it goes I just, to holding back. Like, you, you continue to hold yourself back. And just, uh, I mean, he tells him, you know, everything you've done in the past 14 years is because of what happened, mm-hmm. you know, to your mom. And I'm listening to him say that. And not only is it like a powerful, emotional scene, but I'm like, that's exactly what the reverse Flash wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It sure was. That's exactly what, you know, the reverse Flash mm-hmm. wanted was him to be that hero. So, um, but a great scene. Just really, really, I just, that scene almost brought me to tears. Yeah. After which, uh, Barry decides to tell Iris how he feels about her. Now, Daryl, I remember you said something on the last episode, I believe it was, about how the pining thing mm-hmm. will get old after a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it won't. <laughs> uh, and they did it quick. We'll and I'm, I'm glad that they did it this early because you know the the usual operandus for this operandi is to drag this out to the end of the season or maybe drag it out for another two seasons and then finally uh she breaks up with the boyfriend and then maybe they get together for a minute and then break up anyway like that's usually the case but to do this this early it's like look barry tell her he told her now she has to make the decision on her own. She wants to stay with Eddie. Fine. Now Barry, you got to move on. Like like Barry, no more, no more sitting around and and uh, with the the long full stares and stuff. Like I I really want him to now, you know, from this point on, to kind of get himself together. Like that conversation with his father was more than just getting over, um, and standing still with with the death of his mother, I think it was, he was telling him period, you have got to move on with your life. Exactly. And then when Barry is talking to Iris, he says the reason that he never told her one of the, you know, is that he was afraid of, you know, of not being able to have her in his life because of what happened, you know? So like everything, you know, his dad's right. Everything he's done, everything, every decision he's made has been colored by what happened then. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're right, Daryl. It's more than just, you know, a pep talk or whatever. It's like a turning point for Barry. You know? Now you can do you can you can do things now. Like, I would love to see him, you know, to just 
explore his powers more, be more confident in himself. Um, and he's been doing that. Like it hasn't, it hasn't been something where he's not been doing that, but, but I like the lessons that have been going on as the show has been progressing and Barry's been learning and learning and learning and, and just, you know, situations have been coming into his life that he's just like, he has to keep moving like it. And it's true when he mentioned back in, and when he lost his powers, um, a few episodes ago where he thought he lost his powers and he said, I feel like when I'm the, when I got those powers of the Flash, it was that's when he felt like he was moving. Like that's when he really felt like he was himself. Like it wasn't before that. He he just it just a part of him wasn't there. And then when he lost those powers, he felt like a part of him was missing. Like I really think that this is one of those times where these abilities have really it is him. Like being the Flash yeah. is him. It is his. It's more than just putting on a suit and being a vigilante, but just it is entirely who he is as a person, and and it's it's made him do things that he never would have done before. Like it, it to be that confident and, and to grow as a person, as a man. But then again, uh, make, going back to a point you were making before, the the talk he has with Joe in this mm-hmm. episode, where Joe is like, you know. You know, the city may need the Flash, but I need Barry Allen. Yes. And that, that the person that he is mm-hmm. is the reason he can be the hero that he right. is. Right, he never he, lost he has light. That light yeah. Right, he has that light inside of him, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's why he's able to, to do these things, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, oh, um, so, I mean, sure. it's two, yeah, I mean, it's two sides of the, of the coin there, for sure. And I'm well, so glad. to, to Daryl's point, I mean, you know, he's finally got an identity that's his. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentions in the episode, uh, you know, about how his entire life has been nothing but his mother's death. That's what he's obsessed over. That's what everything he does. All the decisions he's made in his life have been towards trying to find some way to catch up with something to vindicate, find who killed his mother, whatever. You know, he went he became uh, CSI when forensics, all that other stuff, all because of that instance. So he's never had his own identity. His identity has always been his mother's death. Now he's been by an outside force blessed with these powers. And you know, it, that's what's given him his true identity. And that's to your point, Darrell, that's why he, you know, he being the flash is not just a part of him. That is him. He's no longer that, you know, shell of a human being that's only existence was to you know go towards that one goal now not only does he have what he needs to uh, to be his own man and help other people but he's now been given an ability that's going to help towards that goal that he had before when he was basically just wandering in the dark just trying to find that one glimmer of hope to get his dad out of prison well, I think we talked about this in the last episode, too, because of the crossover. I mean, how different the approach is here than it is from Arrow. I mean, Arrow, you know, Oliver Queen is, you know, he feels like he's entrusted with this mission. He has to protect what is his or whatever. And so does Barry. But, I mean, Barry, again, has this, you know, light. he enjoys being the Flash. Yeah. You know, it's something that really bugged me about the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Is that Tobey Maguire never seemed to enjoy That's being what Spider-Man, I, you know, ever. You hit, you, know? it, you hit it on it or what and, I did. Other than yeah. when he first got his first was trying things out and he was doing a little thing with go web and all that stuff beyond that though you're right it was he felt like it it seemed like he was dreading having to deal with anything as spider-man and to be that young with those abilities 
like from the comic is like he loved it. Like you know, like he's every incarnation of Spider Man has always been. He's loved when he when he got those powers. That was when he was set free, just like Barry. And, that's what I was he, gonna say, and just like just like Barry is portrayed here. I mean, even with all the darkness he's had to deal with with Plastique mm-hmm. and with you know all the stuff he's had to deal with fighting these other many humans and what have you. Right. And with his mother, he still enjoys being the Flash. Yeah, you know, yeah. not only is it him, it's him enjoying himself. He, I mean, he enjoys. I mean, look at the scene here at the beginning where, you know, he 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 steals the flowers and puts them on the table for the old couple, or he paints the side of the building for the guy, or, you know, those little like those little scenes like that. At the very you know, the, um, the beginnings of the episodes that show you like he's he enjoys doing what he does. Yeah, you know, as as much you know. Uh, stuff and horror as he's dealing with in, in his life, you know, with everything going on, he's still really enjoying being the Flash. Yeah, he wasn't the angry kid that was hateful and stuff and losing it because he could have been. He could have been the angry, resentful kid, you know, that grew up uh, without his parents. But that wasn't him. After uh, Barry confesses his love to Iris, um, the uh, group at Star Labs and the uh, the task force that Eddie Thawne has gotten together and uh, and Joe all um, set up a trap at Star Labs mm-hmm. using the te- the tachyon particle technology they borrowed from uh, Amanda Pace's character. Um, they set up a trap with a uh, force field, and they lure the man in yellow into the trap. Uh, he's he's in the force field and trapped in there for without a minute. Barry. Yeah, Barry's not around yeah. now. Something I want to mention here, he. Um, Wells, while the man in yellow is in the um, force field, uh-huh. says, Detective Thawne, don't you want to read him his rights? And makes a point of saying his name. Mm-hmm. And then Thawne is the only one that survives this. Yeah, he stopped yeah. Thawne Yeah, he Joe. stopped himself when when he uh, ran at Thawne. He, he, he didn't hurt him. He just looked at him and, and went to the next guy to beat up and kill. Well, because that's, right. that's his father, right? Well, I think. Well, my theory is, and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the theory I had last last time. I think it's going to be like basically Eobard Thawne from the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but with uh, elements of Hunter Zolomon, like for instance, being unstuck in time like that, mm-hmm. uh, not being able to stabilize things, things of that nature. Um, but obviously they're putting a twist on it with Dr. Wells and whatnot. But there was, I mean, and normally that's just a scene that you wouldn't think about, but I, after watching it a second Mm -hmm. time, I'm like, he made a point of saying his name out loud to him, uh, before anything went down. Uh, the man in yellow, the, the force field isn't stable for very long. The man in yellow breaks out of it, grabs Dr. Wells, takes Dr. Wells into the force field with him and beats the tar out of him. Sure it does. Like, really brutally beats him and then kills all the other cops in the room. Barry shows up, takes him out uh, to the parking lot mm-hmm. where they fight for a while. Again, the man in yellow kind of taunts Barry and just kind of starts beating the stuffing out of Barry. And just as he's about to deliver a coup de gras, we see a big column of flame come from off camera. And there's Ronnie Raymond standing there in a, um, uh, shooting him with nuclear fire. Which was you know, so and- freaking. It was awesome. Cool. It was un- and totally unexpected. I did not expect that at, at all. Right. Oh, I know. I, I, know, I didn't know how they were going to resolve it or whatever, but I was not expecting, you know, Firestorm to friggin' show up and save his ass. Mm-hmm. But it was I awesome. Just, yeah, it was. It, it really was. It, it, like, it could be the beginning of a, the, the Justice League. Like, they... I know. I know. <laughs> it could be so now, cool. Now, help, help me 
follow along with this because uh-huh. this is where, and I guess it's all with theories with Wells, but so is is Reverse Flash? Is he Wells in the future? Are they one in the same, or was he actually maybe speeding between his chair and inside there? I mean, because I'm assuming the reveal at the end of the show is is showing that that's him, right? Mm, I don't. That's the thing. Not I necessarily don't know, though, because I it shows the suit, and it right. shows him clap, clapping. Oh well, I mean, I was gonna talk. I mean, I was gonna say how cool the firestorm, you know, saying you know, don't look for me, and then flying off into the sky was oh, yeah. um, Dr. Wells enters the secret room he opens up a closet and there's a mannequin in there and then the reverse flash suit kind of materializes mm-hmm. then he puts that tachyon thing on there and you see the suit almost like soak up a kind of energy right and like right. we still don't know if now, it's if it's ready yet well and that's the thing yeah. as I was thinking well maybe it's not him but then at the end when he actually does the voice thing that's why I was like um, well he's a speedster too then I think he's able to. I think what it is. I think he's able to um, manipulate time, right? And that's how he was able to beat himself up, like it's a, like you said, either a future or past version of himself. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he's doing what that. I think is what I think what happened. What I'm think my my theory is this: in the original Silver Age, Professor Zoom character Eobard Thawne from the the 40th century, right. he tries to time travel, mm-hmm. and um, with his suit. And I think what's happening is I think that. Wells is trying to charge up the suit with not only tachyons but also Barry's energy, so he can go back to the future. Because remember, he okay. had, um, he had that the other what was it from Lights Out? I think it was where he had the metahuman that would absorb his energy. Right. And he and he he had him in Power the lab, average. and he said he was going to figure out a way to. Right. How did oh, he take yeah. his speed? He said that it, he was like he need he wanted to know how he took his speed away, and. So what I'm thinking is that when he first traveled back in time, that he stopped in a few places along the way like this, uh-huh. and then like got stuck you know, or like stopped where um, he killed Nora Allen, and then a week after that is when Doctor Wells showed up. You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking he like kind of skipped like a stone back through time, and is is the Obard Thon from the future. But that was just like, I guess not future self, but past self traveling through the past, that beat him up. The only my head hurt. My head hurts a little bit when I get into time travel. Exactly. So. And the other thing is, <laughs> it got Eddie. Ha- it's something with Eddie uh, is going on, like that character of Eddie Thon. That's why I think it's the Eobard Thon. That's why I think it's his descendant. Yeah. That's why he let him live. Yeah. Is because he would have messed up his own timeline right. if he had killed his exactly. grandfather yeah. or whatever. The so. other thing, too, is because I kind of have a weird theory. Not weird, but just wild. Um, you've both read the Flashpoint series, right? Right. You know, Flashpoint happened. The whole changing of everything happened because Nora Allen didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the end of Flashpoint, you know, Barry realizes that he has to go back to that point 
to that point and and make sure she dies because that's how everything's going to get fixed. So I'm wondering the whole thing when Cisco talks about the yellow and the red lightning and what Barry saw. I'm wondering if that's not actually his mom gets killed, but he actually is witnessing both the time when she gets killed and the time when he has to go back and allow her to be killed. Because I'm wondering if at some point we're going to see him go back and make well you know what i i think barry i think that barry battle with one of his future battles with reverse flash is that night right and that why you see the flash and i think that it wasn't reverse flash that dropped barry off a block blocks away i think it was barry that took barry you know barry took young barry and took him away from that night as they were fighting each other or whatever. And I guess I guess he will have to decide to not stop him from killing her, maybe. That will be the what he will have to not let him do. Real quick, how cool was the ring? Yes. I flipped when I saw him take that ring and yes. put it in oh. there. What a great nod to Silver Age. Oh, do you? Well, when Flashpoint came out, remember if the, at the comic shops when you on New Comic Wednesday when it came out, they actually gave those rings out. They, yeah, I had they're some plastic, but yeah, I was excited. I was like, "Ooh, I have that ring!" <laughs> so I mean, because it, it's just so obvious that it's wet. Like I, I was surprised that they did go that it is Wells though, because it, it's like they've been pointing at this guy for the last you know six episodes or so, six or seven episodes. So it has to be more to it than just. That he's just reverse Flash. It has to be more to it than that. Oh yeah, I mean, they, there was a, it was a reveal, but mm-hmm. it wasn't an explanation, right? Because it wasn't like he put it on and was running and being, you know, the reverse Flash. It's got to be something like he, you see the machine. He's putting putting the machine on it to to give it the energy to to right, and you see the energy kind of course through the suit. And um, just to to back up what I was saying before. The original um, the, uh, Professor Zoom Reverse Flash uh, mm-hmm. f- found the in the original his original origin as a criminal from the 25th century who found the Flash's suit and managed to harness its power. Right. But finds it completely reversed and his mind even further warped and reversed, becoming a literal evil antithesis of Barry Allen. So I think it's kind of maybe it'll be that ver- it'll be you know that character, but like with the Hunter Zolomon kind of mindset of making him a better hero. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's also a thing. I mean, people have been saying Wells might be Rip Hunter. He might still be. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, if the reverse, if the like you said, if um, Barry has to go back to ensure that the you know that his mom, his own mother dies, like in Flashpoint, and I could see Jeff Johns doing a version of that story. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of you know, yeah. pathos there and stuff. That maybe a Rip Hunter is there just to oversee to make sure that that timeline is the one that goes through, so the Flash is able to stop the crisis. Yeah, because we. It pushes to him so bad. Like, what if it is that he's not even really a thorn, and he has to pretend to be one to to get him in the right direction? Like, you know, like he had to he had to do a couple of things, but it's not really that reverse flash that killed his mom. But he has to do certain things to keep the timeline steady until the point where he does fight reverse flash again. For all we know, I mean, it, it you know we don't know, but I mean, it could be like. You know, just trying to make things go to a, a certain course, like because he's really been put. Like it just seems so weird. He's been, you know, he's been pushing him and training him to do this, 
Um, and we saw the one episode where, you know, he, he lost his power and immediately the timeline had changed. Yeah. So he really yeah. had to, like, kick his ass back into getting his power back to make sure that the timeline didn't change. So, I mean, that was like... Right, because Reverse Flash wanted to make him a stronger hero, but he didn't really care about the timeline changing. Too right, much. exactly. But this guy was really more concerned about the timeline than he was about just about Barry. Which is why I think there's more to the story than what you know we see on the yeah. surface. And I, oh yeah, yeah because why would he care about the crisis if he was right. you know it's... that crazy? If he was the crazy psychotic guy stuck on Barry Allen alone, why would he care about? Him stopping that crisis. It's, it's more of a why done it than a who done it. We know who yeah. done it. We don't know why and how. Yeah. And those yeah. are the questions we need answered. So get on the stick, Berlanti. Make some more episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh! I hey, just... real quick too. I wanted to give a shout out to um, uh, David Milcher, that, that pl- character actor that played the scientist at the beginning when uh, Mercury Labs got broke into. Right. Oh yeah. Left as a witness. I don't know if you get. He's a character actor out of Canada. Does a lot of really good work. Um, I don't know have you if you've ever seen on YouTube the series Conversations with My Two Year Old. Oh yeah, I have. Uh, check it out. He, it, which is where Matthew Clark, the guy that makes the series, um, it's conversations with him and his two year old. Which now the current season is with his four year old because uh, she's grown up. But. Um, right. They reenact conversations, except for he plays his daughter in the oh. reenactments. So it's oh. a, it's him and a full grown man. It's hilarious. Yeah. Check it out. But anyway, he's done a lot of really cool uh, character acting stuff in in a lot of Canadian television. If if mm. you watch any of that, and uh, I was excited to see him on there. I'm hoping to see his career move up because he's he's really good. Yeah, we have a lot of really good responses in the Facebook group. We have a Facebook group, by the way, um, DCTV Podcast, oddly enough is the name of it. We also have Twitter now. We're at DCTV underscore podcast. And email, DCTV at HHWLOD.com. So, but uh, we, we are uh, slowly growing our, our Facebook group. We have a lot of good comments and theories. We have a good discussion on there that we'll talk about a little bit later as who you'd want to play old man Bruce Wayne in a Batman Beyond movie. Uh, but as far as the episode of the man in the yellow suit, Emmanuel Gibson kept it short but sweet. It was awesome. Nice semi-finale. Philip Heard, um, it was great. Uh, fun to have a Christmas episode, which is in keeping with the more upbeat tone of the show. I'm still not entirely sure that Wells is the man in the yellow suit. Yeah, neither are we. And not future Eddie. He said he's been beating him for years. In the same episode, he solidified his relationship with Iris, despite Barry letting his feelings be known. Five reverse flashes. Dang it, Joe. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> that was true. a great scene very um, good also oh yeah if you if any of you read Jonathan Mayberry's Joe Ledger books doesn't Cisco remind you of, like, of a likable version of Doctor Who yes he does and I you know it's funny yeah. I am reading one currently right now I was going to ask you Daryl because I knew you, you, you had read this yes books. there is a character called Doctor Who and he is so into science. The only thing is, he doesn't have that uh, conscience thing. That uh, Cisco likes people. Doctor Who is not not too much into people. He's more into the science. Like if he sees a like an epidemic, he's not crying about the people dying. He's like, oh yes, an epidemic. I like he just loves to to figure out how things work. So yeah, that's I not the Brit- that's not that. the British guy with the telephone booth. No, no, not that Doctor Who. Oh okay, that's, that's a police box. 
Whatever. Uh, Carlos Camona. <laughs> it was good. Firestorm did stuff that was cool. Uh, though, do you think it was anticlimactic with Dr. Wells' reveal? It's something everyone was pointing to already, so I didn't feel like a surprise. More like a finally they got to it than a surprise. I, I, yeah, I think it's more to this. I think, yeah, I think there's more to the story. I really saw. do. Uh, Robert Cooper, I agree with Philip. I'm not 100% sure Wells is reverse flash. I'm still thinking this is a Professor Zoom and Solomon Zoom kind of deal. Yes, me too, Robert. Mm -hmm. uh, Firestorm parts were definitely interesting. Uh, Dom Heaney wrote in, I think we've got still got some surprises to come. Reverse oh, yeah. Flash, and I wonder if Firestorm will eventually become part of the team. That would be awesome. Yeah. Donnie Salvo, our brother from the Nothing's On podcast, Daryl. He is. Um, this show is so good, it should be illegal, four exclamation points. <laughs> I loved every second of this episode, four exclamation points. Even the CWE part seemed very natural and not forced like some other CW shows. The part where Barry talked to his dad and said, Today you're in prison is because of me broke my heart. This is a solid five out of five. Uh, yeah. my, my friend Mikey Wood wrote in, Yeah, I don't think Wells is Reverse Flash. I mean, why have Eddie Thawne and not have him be Reverse Flash? And why would Reverse Flash spare Eddie's life? And why would they specifically mention it? Exactly, Mikey. Um, yep. You're another careful watcher, just like I am. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're both Reverse Flash a la Firestorm. I don't know. There's certainly more to it. The last scene was Misdirection. Um, Manuel Gibson wrote back to that, though. Well, actually, it's pretty obvious who Reverse Flash was once Joe told Wells he was looking for a Reverse Flash. And then uh, five minutes later, Reverse Flash shows up uh, to tell him to stop looking for him or he's kill his daughter. Uh, he would kill his daughter, and Mikey replied, too obvious. That's why I don't think it's him, not entirely. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's just too too obvious, and, and again, there's way more to the story. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, guys, we're not going to see another episode of The Flash until January. What? Jan January 20th. Shut your mouth. I'm sorry. I, I can't wait want to break it to you. I can't wait that long. But, oh, uh, come on. But stick around until near the end of the episode. We have some cool stuff to, to tell you about that we have planned in the off season. We'll still be covering Constantine every week. And we have some cool special episodes we're going to be busting out. I'm going to uh, put on my yellow jammies and I'm going to run to the future so I can see what happens. The first Yes, I need to see what happens. I won't be running that fast. I'll be tired a lot passing out. Does Reverse Daryl eat bow tie pasta instead of uh, spaghetti? Uh, he could be. Here's something interesting: the the Flash episode, uh, the man in the yellow suit, uh, was the highest rated episode, other than the pilot mm -hmm. and the crossover. It was uh, four point six five million people watching. Now I want to see those those plus sevens. I wonder where they. Yeah, that's this is not it. the plus oh, seven yeah. numbers. This is just a straight up mm -hmm. uh, U.S. viewers. So, yeah, I would I would almost maybe half again that maybe you know I don't know another three million four maybe even double that. Yep, that's what I think. Um, it's, it's not unprecedented with this show, and no. uh, IMDb has it listed at, at uh, nine point uh, as reviewed as a nine point seven mm -hmm. uh, with over two thousand people reviewing. What wow. is so awesome about this show gaining so many viewers for this for the cw is that they are seeing that having a show where a guy sets on fire flies away and a guy and and, and two guys running around in their jammy suits and people are tuning in like that that tells them you know that is really telling them all those stupid marketing people that said you know you can't have them in suits and 
you know, you can't have superheroes flying around. That's not good. Like for Smallville and, you know, that you need to you need to not have that. That's silly on TV. You can never do something like that and people will watch it. Like that that tells you all those people need to be fired. Well, I mean Exactly. It depends on your approach too. I mean, if you look at, at Smallville when they had like their little version of the Justice League or whatever, the, the mm-hmm. guy for instance who was Hawkman or whatever just looked laughable. Well, um, with the with the way that they did the yeah, because they didn't have I don't they didn't have the uh, the budget first of all because they really you want to talk about a budget getting shrunk every oh yeah right season yeah. their budget was just horrible the how much money they got um, but just the whole thing of constricting the show like they had to write around so many things because this they were told they couldn't do this they were told they couldn't do that towards the end they let them do a little bit more but they still said yeah you can have people using their abilities but we're still going to cut your budget every every season um so that made it worse i you know like they, they they still had that mindset that was against it like they still had that mindset of it this can't work like you can't do something like this and it work right you, you have to do it differently like you have to have that you know that that type of thing where you hold back on on the superhero stuff and you got to push forward more of the the angst you know the uh the cw angst and stuff like but in this show kind of it goes against that and since not like there pe- this there's somebody that flew away <laughs> on this show like he uh, got with hands up, of fire with yeah. hands of fire and flew away and you have four so million awesome. people that have watched this show on the cw which is not even in every home like the CW channel is not even available uh, on every network, so that so to to hit that four million um, and do this, and and then have those plus sevens come in and do even more. I mean, it just um, I just uh, it's great that at this show is getting the ratings that it's getting, and that um, and I hope that that is the, the, the something to tell other producers and stuff for other networks that you if you do it right you there's a way that you can do this and balance it and have all these things on 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 a show and people will not laugh it off and not watch it it won't turn off even the the people who are not into superheroes are watching this show well that's the thing is i mean a lot of i mean today's audience has grown into, you know, whether if the ones that weren't, you know, with the uh, superhero comic book background like us, I mean, it's gotten to the point that this is the kind of scripted entertainment they want. How how much money has all the Marvel movies, all the superhero movies pretty much of the last five to eight years, how much have they made? I mean, think about it. And, and, and the whole thing is, too, as long as you have these types of properties and whatnot, in the right hands, you know, the Jeff Johns and the Joss Whedons and all that of the world. Um, these are the people who grew up like us loving these things. They, To them, it's not just a money-making situation. It's finally getting to create the... The things like, you know, when we were in grade school with the notebook, paper, and a pen, writing our own comic books with crude drawings and whatnot, you know, making our own stories, you know, that they're they're getting to do that now, and they're, and, and they're so talented in the craft, and mixing that with their love of, of, this, of this genre, I mean, you can't, you, you're going to get hits like this, and, and 
the best thing about this show is that it it has really paved the way to finally wake up some of these um, execs to say, hey, we need to start giving the fans what they want because it seems that the fans, um, you know, or the people who haven't been fans of this type of genre um, are migrating more towards the ones that have been. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times at work I get asked by people. I get phone calls from the one of our vice presidents at corporate almost every week about stuff on The Walking Dead and, and this and that, just questions about things because they don't know it, but they, they've discovered it on television or in the movies and they love it. Um, you know, and I just read today, like, you know, the whole Sony leak thing about um, in that hack deal uh, over um, – the breakdown between Marvel and Sony, Sony Studios of having Spider-Man cross over into the Marvel films, you know, well, now the uh, the Sony from the parent company, Sony, those execs are like, are you are you people crazy? Do you know, understand how what the dollar signs on this are, you know, so um, I, I think that the people on the business side are starting to kind of wake up to, you know, we can give the fans what they want and still make it entertainment for the well, people who haven't been there. It, it's the consultants yeah. that are always, I swear every job where they do the most, de- when you ask yourselves, why would you do this? Why would you change something that works at a company? You can always point to, did you have a consultant come to the company uh, yeah. a couple of months early prior and did they give you, you know, ask you questions, really didn't ask you questions, but they just gave you uh, suggestions that are just unnecessary. And because these people are not human. These people are, are creatures that should be wiped out. <laughs> these consultants, I swear for every every consult, there is not one thing that they do that is good for any type of company. If they, you have any complaints about anything that you like this, I used to have this thing where we. You know, something that you do, banking or whatever. And you was like, it's great. It works fast. The service is good. If they ever change it and you wonder why they did it, I'll bet you it is a consultant that suggested that they do that. Those evil, evil. You, you are probably right. Well, I think also, I mean, they know, not only do these, are these guys like Jeff Johns and, and uh, um, you know, Mark Guggenheim and everyone, you know, kind of, you know, you know, know these characters. They also know why they work. And I think that was an important, exactly. an important thing about the Joss Whedon Avengers and like the, the the whole Kevin Feige initiative there at Marvel. And you know, again, we see with these you know these shows here with DC, they know why these characters have you know these archetypes have been around as long as they have, why they work you know why they've worked for comics readers as long as they have, what makes these characters compelling and what makes them interesting. You know, All what right. sets them apart from one another too. All right. So, um, you know, the the whole. The whole, you know, the whole great thing about the Flash is, like I said, it, it kind of, and I hate to bring up Spider-Man again, but it kind of encapsulates for me that the whole thing of, you know, Spidey enjoying being a superhero, and it's kind of the thing that is, it's almost the antithesis of what you see with the Arrow, because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't enjoy what he does, he does because he feels he has to, you know. Yeah, well, he's so, Batman, though, so. Yeah, and Superman is Superman, <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> Let's move on then to the era of the climb. Or the, Batman Begins. Yes, or Batman Begins uh, Redo. Yeah. Um, check this out. 2,240 users have it rated on IMDb at a 9.9. Wow. 
wow. from this wow. episode. Yeah, I don't see anything ever rated that highly on, on IMDb ever. Oh. Um, it's a pretty incredible episode. Oliver is, is taken uh, uh, hostage by some League of Assassins guys, um, taken before Nyssa and his old buddy Maceo, who is now a member of the League. Wow, this is higher than, uh, this is rated higher than the man in the yellow suit. Wow. Yeah, that was 9.7. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, higher than that. Wow. I think, you know, but I, I have to say, I think this is probably my favorite episode of Arrow ever. I don't know, but does it feel to you, remember we talked about how I I felt like this show was just standing still after yeah. the uh, yeah. the first few episodes? Mm-hmm. It fit, waiting to get to a certain point, it feels like now is when they're like, okay, now run. Like we're there's no more standing still. I feel, like the, I feel like the my metaphor for this would be like they've been setting up dominoes for a long time now, and they pushed them, and, and they, they finally pushed to... the right one, and then yeah. one fell, then the next, yeah, and the next, and the next, yeah. and and we end up with Oliver and Rachel Ghoul shirtless on the mountain somewhere, beating the crap out of each other. And I just one one thing I have to say, just one thing, one little thing. When Laurel, and it has to be a Laurel thing. I hate to be negative on Laurel. I don't even know. And now Daryl's Laurel moment. Uh when she says, I could just see in my mind though when she says to her mother, "I will find this killer, and I will, you know, I will bring them to justice or whatever." I, I rolled punish. my eyes. I could. I already know what's gonna happen. She's gonna hold the gun on Thea. And Oliver is going to have to talk her down uh, from killing Thea. And I just, I wouldn't mind if either. How's that going to happen? Oliver's dead. um, The other Oliver that comes out of the pit. (laughs) The green pit. Uh, You're assuming a lot, sir. I am, (laughs) I know. But I'm just saying, when you see that, I could just see the episode where she's on the roof. And she's breathing hard and she's crying. And she's like, "You killed Sarah," <laughs> and and Thea's like, "I didn't know what I, you know, I don't remember. Or I didn't know." And and they're trying to talk her down and and the whole thing. But I'm just so mad that you killed my sister. Like I just I just foresee the scene coming, and I hope it's good. But I just foresee that this Laurel scene will not. Be it's all gonna it's all gonna be part of the Black Canary trilogy. Yes. It will be part of the Black Canary trilogy, yes. Yeah. When now, when Thea's lying to Ollie, you know about the whole thing. Now, mm-hmm. and then we find out that at least the part where she kills Sarah, you know, she's under that memory drug thing. Right. Was the entire trip from South America was she under the influence and doesn't remember any of it? Or did she remember the trip and she is truly lying to him about that part and it's only the assassination that she doesn't remember? Well, she trained with him, so... Yeah, uh, she trained she, she probably remembered all that. She probably remembered the flight home and everything And like she did that. fight him. And she did yeah. fight him and stuff. Yeah. I, but I think it was too convenient. The only thing I didn't like about it was just too convenient. I'm glad they did something time. with her other than have her like make out with some DJ. Yeah, or stand or stand on a street corner like last week. You know, I'm glad they did something with her. But I would um, I would have preferred if it had just been she had well, trained with this dude, and this is your initiation. You have to take a life, and this is who you kill. Okay, well, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Uh-huh. Basically, uh, Oliver's taken in front of Nissa uh, Al Ghul, and she says, "Look, uh, you have 48 hours to bring me uh, Sarah's killer, or they're going to mm-hmm. start murdering citizens, innocents. Fifty of them. Yeah." Uh, 
at the also about the same time, uh, Caitlin Snow from The Flash sends Felicity the genetic markers mm-hmm. uh, from the profile of the arrow that kills Sarah, and the police database identifies Oliver as the murderer. Um, Oliver, Which is the moment that I tweeted out, I knew she killed her. <laughs> yes, you were right. You yeah. were right. I you knew it. Right. You get the uh, you know you were right award for the week, buddy. <laughs> Yay! Good job. Take Can one get... out of petty cash there. Okay. All Can right. We don't have that many left, but okay. Take an intern for the weekend. You earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Can that intern be Felicity? Oh, there we go. No, hey. you leave her. Listen, what did the what did the? She's already torn say? between two superheroes, man. She's got a lot going on there. You, you cannot. <laughs> she's she's broken up right now. She's hurt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, between you know, between Oliver and then, well, never mind. Well, let's let's look at it all in order. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Oliver thinks that Malcolm set him up by placing his DNA somehow on the arrows, um, but he then finds out that Malcolm and Thea arrived in Sterling City the night before Sarah's mm-hmm. murder. Bum bum bum. Um, she he confronts uh, Thea and Thea lies about it. And then he comes back and confronts her again as Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, crashes through her window. <laughs> Wasn't that a remember? It? I remember it all about when his mom when he used to do that to his mother. Yeah, <laughs> that was a similar scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, she basically you know, lets on that you know she's been training with him. Leo, she says, "Leave me and my father alone." Um, it's just know. funny that that scene was just so funny though. How it how she got up, she threw some glass, and then she just jumped off the roof. Right, I'm just like, where the hell did she go? She just jumped off the balcony. What the hell? Where'd she go? I mean, it seemed like it was a skit, like it was a an SNL skit or something. Like she just said no, and it jumped off a balcony. What the hell? Like, what is your house? What are you doing? Yeah, why are you leaving? It's your house. Of course, that threw that threw Ollie for a loop. Yeah, he's like, he's like, well, I guess I'll go get a shower. I didn't even get to finish asking you the question yet. Yeah. Like, hold on. What do you mean? I even put in my voice modulator and everything. Like, okay, fine. Fine. Um, Oliver confronts Malcolm at the club. Um, almost kills him, but then Malcolm tells him that uh, he drugged Thea and manipulated her into killing Sarah. So Shows anyone... him the video of it. Yeah, so anyone that might think Malcolm is kind of ter- trying to turn good or he might be an anti-hero because of his daughter no no <laughs> he's still he's still growing he totally still... totally used her as a pawn yeah. and, and, and this is the part scene. where i have to separate actors from the characters because it's so hard for me after watching doctor who and torchwood all this time mm-hmm. with john barrowman being such a fun loving character yeah it's like ah you know and he's and he's you know and then on the opposite side of that we have river you know, as Laurel's mom. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just funny that they're in the same episode. But it that's the that goes to that cat that actor. You always want to like him. Like he, he, oh yeah, he is always that type of actor. And that goes to Merlin as well. Like how does this guy is so slippery, such a snake to people, and yet and still he can still get people to trust him all the time. Well, it's kind of a cool scheme that he comes up with. Basically, he uses the video as leverage. Uh, for yeah. Oliver and says, "Look, you know, I will either you know give this video to Rachel Ghoul, or you can take her, her place. Say that you you were Sarah's calculating, and then uh, um, challenge Rachel Ghoul to trial by combat. 
and kill him, thus, you know, releasing him from his blood debt and releasing Merlin from his. It is so calculated that his whole deal was to get out of his blood debt. That and, he... like, either way it goes, I mean, if, if Raish, you know, Raish dies, he gets out of his blood debt. If Oliver dies, eh, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter, yeah. Is is so is you you evil bastard you? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Oliver and Mace, uh race meet on the top of a mountain, shirtless with uh, with swords. Although uh, Oliver starts with two swords and race with none, and race ends up taking one of Oliver's from him. Mm-hmm. Um, as they fight, uh, race is uh, I mean Oliver's outclassed. Hard to watch, man. That yeah, is I mean, yeah, Oliver's usually like always the badass, but not, not here, man. Rache took him down eight, eight different ways. And then not finally, only did he take him down, he he did he did the worst thing is when you get beat and they talk to you as they beat you, mm-hmm. and you're the one tired and they're talking. He uh, stabs Oliver. Yeah, straight through. Straight through, through and through, and yeah. kick, kicks him off the edge of a cliff. I know, and Oliver was all shirty and muscly. They even use the right picture on IMDb because they they use the sword picture with the with the battle. The I you know, I thought it was really kind of uh, a cool touch to after he stabs him before he kicks him over the cliff the whole kind of uh, monologue he does of kind of you know sending him on his way to the afterlife you know <laughs> I thought it was well, kind of <laughs> I forgot to mention the bomb he drops on Felicity before he leaves. Oh yes. Yeah, he's like, you know, I regret two things, and then, you know, the one is that, or, or you know, he holds two th- two things, hold, you know, he holds dear to him, one is, you know, protecting his family, and uh, she asks him, what's the other one, and he says, I love you. Well, basically, he said, don't have sex with your boss. Yes, because <laughs> in the other in the other Felicity uh, storyline, after, you know, kissing Ray Palmer in the yeah. previous episode, uh, Ray takes her to, to Verdant, I, mean, I guess it's the only nightclub in Sterling City. No, and... he stalks her and follows her. To oh, her. right. He pings sure her phone. Yeah. He pings her phone. phone. I forgot about that. That's right. He pings her Don't phone. pinging my phone. What you think this is? I, I would want her to be a little mad about that. Like, don't be pinging my damn I'm, phone. I'm hearing restraining order up in there. Yeah. Like, you at uh, you at the club because I did. What? I'm, I'm here. Yeah. We got a problem, sir. <laughs> uh, he explains that. Um, you know, he was, you know, he didn't regret kissing her because he, um, like a few years ago when things were really bad in Sterling City, you know, he was, there was a woman he loved and they, they broke, um, these uh, guys attacked them, broke his leg and he had to watch while they, you know, they killed her. They snapped her neck. They snapped her neck and, uh, strong enough. Yes, he wasn't strong enough, he says. And after that, he realized he wanted to help save the city. And then later we find in the episode that uh, not only does uh, the OMAC uh, <laughs> uh, project is now the oh. Adam project, yeah, because he likes that axiom or that acronym better. Uh, it's a uh, suit of uh, exo suit of armor that looks uh, from the little hologram they show, pretty mm-hmm. badass. And oh. uh, he he invites Felicity to help him fight crime in Starling City. Help me make me smaller, Felicity. I want you to make me smaller. Oh, why just the opposite of the normal to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, why does that? Yeah, that's her line. It's just great. Why does this keep happening to me? Yeah, that was such a great line. I just have to say, Felicity. You know, I understand that you're in a very emotional place right now, but I'm here to console you. I have training order. 
<laughs> hey, I'm not the one pinging her phone because I don't you're... have her phone number. But if I did, right. you'd be in jail because you'd be calling them. <laughs> yeah, because you'd be pinging, man. You'd be pinging up, down, and left. You'd be pinging left and right. You was be it one later of the two on after of... the podcast? <laughs> was it one of the two of you that shared with me the the her answering questions from her bathtub? And oh, we... that was that was me. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was and I watched video. that. Thank that you morning. so much. Thank you. Early in the morning, I watched that, and if I didn't love her before, I oh, fell yeah. in love with her that, that, that doing that because that was just so funny. Yeah, as the kids say, she's adorbs. She is adorable. She is. But uh, this was, uh, like I said, a brutal episode. A lot of reveals. We find oh yeah. We um, we you know what did, what did you guys think? Like I said, I think it's one of the strongest episodes of Arrow. So I think they're opening up a whole new world. I you know what I I think Oliver is going to get trained in something again. I think he's going to get more training. Because the like the way he gets beat by the League of Shad the 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 League of Assassins is just it's sad. How he gets beat up by them. There were like five or six of them, though. Yeah, but even with Oliver, man, he just, it looks like he's standing still when they're beating him up. Like, when he's fighting them, like, he's been so tough all these other seasons, but to fight the league, like, when he's fighting the league, I think Batman when I see him, but not no more. Like, this episode, no, you ain't Batman. Like, it it shows a difference. Like, you ain't Batman. Because Batman would have, would have did better than that. Like, he, he seems to kind of be off on his, uh, I think he his training or his level, I think he will have to up it. I found myself really liking Ra's al Ghul after this. Even though what happened happened, I didn't like that. But I'm just, I don't know. I just, I really, and I'm a big Liam Neeson fan, and that was fine. But I, yeah. I really like this portrayal much oh, more. Oh, I liked the portrayal because I, I hated yeah. him. I was angry with him. I was, you know, like, and I felt helpless with Oliver like I felt like every strike he did and when he was saying things to him it's just like I felt like so I felt so helpless I I I was the same way but at the same time I strangely was admiring Roz I don't know I I guess because even though he is what he is he he seems to do everything in the in an honorable way or by a code and I don't know. I just it just is, but he is very. Admi- I was just very admiring of of the way he handled everything in the Well, yeah, he does he have killed. the he does have the honor and everything, and he well, Raj should be that way. He should be that heavy presence on you. Like when he walks in the room, he's just he just you feel like there's history with him. Like he just just that whole thing of. He feels that air of danger. Like there's, there's just an air of danger that comes out. Did right. you guys ever read the original uh, Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams Batman? Uh, yes. That, with the introduction oh, of yeah. Rachel Gould. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember how Batman duels him with a sword and mm-hmm. Rachel Gould leaves him in the desert to die? Yeah. Because yep. he shames him in combat. So yeah. I mean, that was the first time we ever saw Batman really lose a combat to anyone. That this scene, this scene, I mean, this scene in this show just totally reminded me of that. I mean, yeah, you're always is. talking yeah. about how Batman, you know, how very Batman, you know, this version of Arrow it does. is. It, does. Um, it just reminded me of that, you know, that story, Son of the Demons, so much. I just, I wonder though if he's going to somebody. Well, I know he's not going to die. Or if he's dead, somehow he's going to. I think it might be interesting to have him be dead for a few episodes, mm-hmm. like have Diggle and uh, Roy, and and those guys like carry on without him. 
see how they do. You know, maybe have uh, maybe have the Flash do a cameo or something. I would love to see him. I would love to see him get captured by like be saved by somebody who was in the league or something, and help maybe by his buddy from the past. Oh yeah, get saved by his buddy from the past, and he and he kind of you know gives him back the strength and like because I don't know how he's gonna beat this guy again. Like I don't like. Well, Amel's Twitter just. Today, he um, tweeted and said, thanks for the outpouring of, you know, all the messages and whatnot. But um, he said something about, um, you know, there's so many other great characters to explore on this show. And I I don't think it was a misdirection thing. I think it's like what Jim's talking about. I think that they are going to go, you know, I think at least the three Black Canary episodes. Well, what if, um, what about this? What if... um... Ray Palmer is able to get his Adam thing in gear, while in in Oliver's in Oliver's absence, like in the Adam becomes the new champion of Sterling City, while the Queen, you know, while the Arrow is gone. And this episode set up the table setting for just that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like you said, I'm the Black Canary trilogy or whatever. Yeah, I'm with it. I like I, I I can't see him just coming back the next episode like everything is okay. Like it. No, not after that, man. No, he'd have to, you know, get his health together and and get strength back. Like he'd have to, you know, build up his strength. And I would just love to see him, you know, train, like learn some new some training and, and new type of techniques and stuff. Because he couldn't learn everything. And I yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think they're gonna do this. But I think it would be you know really cool for them to go the whole second half of the season. We know we we never see him at all and then like you know and we're and we're filling in with the canary and the uh, ray palmer stuff and all that and then like the season finale you know he just pops back up like the like the um the the second to last episode would be him popping up at the end of the episode you know and then then have the final episode of the season be uh, kind of uh him dealing with everything, but instead of having the flashbacks to the island, we're getting flashbacks of what you're talking about, Daryl, where he's doing yeah. other kinds of training and stuff. I, I doubt they'll that. do that because I don't think the, they would keep him off the show right, that many right. episodes. But I think that would be very cool if they. I would love if they did like maybe two episodes, and then when he does come back, like things look terrible. Like they've right. The league is coming in, and they're about to, you know, they've given him time, but now they're coming in to get Merlin, and they're coming in to clean all debts, and they're, they're, you know, the city is having problems. As they're all doing their, you know, they're all trying to help and fight and do what they're doing, he comes in badass and just takes people out. And then I would love to see that happen, and I would love to also see... Like you just see different fighting, a little bit of different fighting styles. Like you never did that move before. Like just, just different. Like he learns some different yeah. things, and he's just yeah. more confident than he has been. Because he does feel like he's been off for the first half of the season. He's been off his game a little bit mentally. You know, he just see he like yeah. not figuring out with the uh, not. You know, just just he just seems to be chasing more than 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 being proactive. Well, I think uh, they purposely kind of put his focus off a little bit because I don't think that he truly was in a mindset of confidence when he went up to fight Roz. I really don't. I think he was. Yeah, I I think he was more battling himself than he was. um, Exactly. 
which is what I think, which was a nice little talk when he had with um, Felicity, where she was saying to him, like, I don't, you know, like, I think you're going to go there and you're not going to be the person that you need to be to stop this dude. Exactly. And I think that that's, yeah, I think ever since he's done the whole, you know, I'm not going to kill anymore, I think he's kind of been off, you know, off his game a little bit. And not that he needs to kill, but that he's just not sure, you know, he's just not sure or he's too scared of who, he's too scared to to fall into that mode when he goes into killer mode. Like, it just feels that way. So I would, I would love to, he's weak now, but Boy, I would love to. Uh, when he comes back, we get that battle cry, and he's Oliver again, and he's that Oliver that that uh, was so cool in the beginning of Arrow, like that Oliver that came to town and just started kicking butt. You think at some point, though, and this is you know assuming a lot with Ray Palmer and Adam and and Arrow, and eventually finding each other out who each other is and everything like that. You think Palmer's gonna give queen consolidated back because i mean he acted very nonchalant like you know i just bought it just because it was for sale which i yeah. i think he bought also because he wanted to get into some of their, their maybe uh, it's just projects, funny it's just, it's just funny for a guy that's supposed to be broke he never looks broke like on this show he does not appear to be broke because he still don't got no job, man. He don't have... Like, he's, he's just walking the earth. He's just walking around, <laughs> and he got weapons, and his, his internet is still working fine, and he's got the computers running, and, like, I'm like, yo, when I... When when you say broke, that means you don't have no money. Like, where, how the car keep... Like, how you still got the car and the whole, like... Like, they never, they never even deal with it. Like, they never deal with that whole thing of him not having any money. Like, if they were a thing where they were like, all right, we got to save money on arrows. We can't. Like, you have to conserve. Arrows are on sale this week. It came out. Exactly. Like, where is he getting getting the money for this stuff? Well, you got to understand, Daryl, when you're in the 1%. Oh, and you that's... fall and you fall into the five percent. Uh-huh. That's broke. That's their definition of broke. Oh, you mean rich people broke? Rich people broke. Exactly. Oh, that's different than than broke. Because I broke is five dollars. I got in my pocket, and they gotta last <laughs> yep. me till payday. Like his broke is, I can only buy five cars as opposed to about twenty five. My broke is you have five bucks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's high high with that five dollars. You can do a lot, but yeah, you, gotta, I, you I, gotta flaunt your wealth in front of us like that. Come on, Bruce Wayne, put that away. Put that away. My bad. I, I don't. I don't want to brag like that. I'm sorry, but yeah, I, you never hear him complain about any poverty. So I don't know if they're even deal with that right away well i'm sure i mean he lost the company he lost all Mm -hmm. assets that that were dealing with the company i'm sure like a lot of rich people do they somehow tie a lot of their private property like their homes and stuff like that but he sold the company didn't he sell the company like he tried to buy didn't he try to buy back his stake in the company but they ended up selling his stake in the company so if they did that would make some money right right yeah percentage He'll make money off of that, but also, I mean, he probably had his own little trust fund type thing or something. Yeah, something that was there that was his private money. That when everything hit the fan and the company got liquidated and all that other stuff. Well, remember when he wrote 
when they signed that paper, everything went to the the one he lost the company. Part the, everything went when he lost the company. It, first, when it went to Deathstroke and his people, he lost every like they they lost the club, everything. So when he bought everything up, I would think he would own all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's just I probably something not really important to them, right? It's Arrow, not broke ass. Exactly. Arrow. <laughs> broke ass Arrow. <laughs> It'd be a whole different show. Broke ass like, arrow. I would have shot an arrow to save your life, but I I can't. I only have four left. I don't, five, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Last me at the end of the month. Yeah, I don't you know. know what's going to happen tomorrow. He, so I, he goes to a Stuckey's out on the freeway in Arizona and buys one of those plastic bow and arrow sets, and then gets the cheap replica uh, Indian head arrows and arrowheads and. Neat. Tapes them to them person, with scotch tape. on the roof. <laughs> yeah, because the only one with a job is Felicity. She's the only well, one. Well, you know, with a job. she's she's probably banking. You know, being a vice president, maybe she's bankrolling Oliver and the whole uh, gangs initiative. Well, she would do that. I mean, I well, exactly. Diggle, Diggle's money come from his woman because he don't got no job either. Right. No more because he's not a bodyguard anymore. So his money will come from his his wife got a job because she works for. Uh, Amanda Waller, so they probably make a little, you know, nice little bit of chunk of We check. need to find us some sugar mamas. Uh, They're not just sugar mamas. they hot sugar. I'd pay for it. <laughs> I would get a job. We had a few uh, comments on our Facebook group about this episode. Uh, Emmanuel Gibson, all I can say about that episode is, damn. Yes, sir. Yep. Damn. Uh, Robert Cooper says we'll see a Lazarus Pit next episode. Could be. Could very well be. And uh, Mark Algayer said, uh, God damn, that was one hell of a way to end an episode. So, I agree with all those I things. Agree. I agree. Absolutely. What a way to, what a so, way to do a finale, though. That's for sure. I know, man. And um, I just can't, can't wait to see what's up with uh, the Adam Exo suit. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. How are they going to make that look like that? That is going to be... I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to pull that off because they're not holding back. Like I think they've... Now, you know, with the way that they've done Firestorm, I can't get over with Firestorm. Like, they, they're going for it. Yep. Like, they're not yep. playing. They're not playing with Let's this. see. You got, you got the Flash. You got Firestorm. You got uh, the mm-hmm. Arrow. You got the mm-hmm. Atom. You got Arsenal. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Supergirl soon. Yeah. Teen Titans. See, With I'm, this, I, I kind of like this Justice League almost better than Zack Snyder's, if you think about it. <laughs> it sounds more interesting to me. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, like if you were to get like Ice and a few more characters in there to fill it out. Well, it's more of a Justice League International, I guess. Yeah, right. right. Like a JLI or, or Detroit League. Yeah, situation. it is. Uh, I like it. The heavy like hitter, the heavy hitters. It's not the heavy hitters. We have some news. Uh, Jeff Johns has confirmed that the Teen Titans television series is going to start shooting mm-hmm. next year. With Nightwing. Yes. With Nightwing. Yes, sir. Which is interesting. I wonder if they're going to refer. He's going to refer to his time at uh, with Batman or whatever. Yeah, good question. I don't know how they're going to play that. You know, what I mean, I mean, it could. I mean, they could go all the way from you know them being full on. You know, this is Batman's old sidekick going up to, you know, just his own character named Nightwing that has no affiliation with Batman. I was going to say, you think so. maybe it might be just another version that's not uh, Dick. Grayson. Maybe they'll just say he was the sidekick of a famous hero. Yeah, that that's how they did the cartoon. 
at first. Right, but they won't say they won't say uh, who yeah, it is. Yeah, that's because the, the cartoon they weren't allowed, that, which was silly. But they weren't allowed in the in the first Teen Titans cartoon. They weren't allowed to mention Batman at all. So when they did refer to um, to Robin being uh, a sidekick to someone, it was just like an image of a shadow, and you would see kind of a cowl and stuff like that. We won't say who it is, but his initials are Batman. Yeah, they kind of do it. They kind of <laughs> do it like that. So I wonder if they'll do it that way, or I don't know. I just like don't worry about it. Just he he hung out with Batman. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we all know. We know. <laughs> you don't have to show Speaking... Batman. But come on, it's it's fine. Speaking of Batman, uh, Chris Garner started an interesting thread here. If they make a Batman Beyond movie, who do you want to play Old Man Bruce Wayne? Stanley. Made some interesting choices. Stanley, <laughs> go for the ironic choice. I would say Clint Eastwood, um, but you wouldn't be able to understand what he says. Actually, Aaron Newis said Clint Eastwood. You, um, Corey Jackson said Scott Glenn. That might yeah. be good. Uh, Carlos Carmona said Nick Nolte. Again, I wouldn't be able to understand what he says. This guy, I don't know who he is. Uh, Jim D. Oh, that guy? Didn't we kick him off the yeah, board? That's a, how we kicked him out. He's a blowhard. He said uh, Michael Ironside or maybe Clancy Brown. Mikey Wood said Paul Newman, and he said, "Yes, I know he's dead, but they'll never make a Batman Beyond <laughs> movie, so let me have my let me have my fantasy casting." I don't know about that um, though. With that, they'll never do it. Hey, they're making a Suicide Squad movie. Anything is you possible. You could do because a Batman Beyond movie could have no ties to anything, and they would not have That's to worry right. about. It. They could do. They could not have to mention anything about any of the other stuff and just have a, and just do their own thing with Batman. Tom Selleck. Yep. Tom Selleck. Uh, Timothy J. Sedwick of the Nerd Exchange of, of, Greater, of Greater Pennsylvania. Uh, the, it's a Daniel Day-Lewis. Try to let the Academy snub that comic book movie. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> they still would, though. Good point. Um, Aaron Newer said Clint Eastwood. Donnie Salvo said Gibson. But I retorted that I didn't think Debbie Gibson would be a credible person. Only in a dream. She's she's a good actress, but I don't think Only she could pull dream. it off. I'm sorry. Uh, Ken Morgan from the HHWLOD Network and the It's All Connected podcast. Keep it consistent. Age up Affleck. Um, Carlos Carmona, John Malkovich. Now that would be interesting to see Malkovich play a Bruce Wayne. That would be very interesting. Because yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be so obsessive and everything. That would that would, makes kind of an odd sense. Yeah, Harrison Ford? Sense. Get out of my cave. He could do it. Like, he could do it, but I just don't think he would. He <laughs> but he could do it. He though. wouldn't. There's no way he would. He hates Star Wars so much. I, mean, I don't think he no wants he to be, be tied to anything that would be a franchise. That's just, I think that's just the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, he could, but he could pull it off. But I think so, you'd have to get somebody who kind of takes the joke, loves the action, and doesn't care. Jason Statham. He could look the part <laughs> he would be, but I mean, but... Yeah. He oh, can't but lose that might. accent at all. But I, I could Burt see... Burt Reynolds. There you go. I do love Burt Reynolds. Adam West. Why not Adam West? <laughs> there you go. Uh, we... Man, don't make me... Don't make me slip out. Because Daryl hates Adam West. slip out. <laughs> He will I reach will through the phone. He will shake reach through you. the phone and hurt you. Let me change to another news story then. Uh, Jason Momoa, my wife's uh, guy, who she's going to leave me for someday. Oh, step and get in line because you know there's a lot of lot of Jerry yeah, Atkins. I know, I know. She likes us big guys. What can yeah. she say? 
Um, he has signed for four movies as Aquaman. Ain't that something? And he, uh, four of them. And he wants uh, Zack Snyder to direct the Aquaman solo film. But I thought James Cameron was directing. Wait, he the... wants Zack Snyder? Yeah. yeah he wants he just wanted a job. Don't worry about it. He just wanted a job. He got yeah. muscles. He wanted a job. He don't know what he's saying. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, Mark Hamill will be reprising his role as the trickster on The Flash. Yes. I'm excited. Which is pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, Siffy and David Goyer are developing Krypton, mm-hmm. a new Superman origin series. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. I guess they're saying all the success Gotham is having. Surprised me right there. <laughs> um, you know, the sci-fi stuff on Man of Steel was pretty cool, but I don't know if there's enough there for a whole. Even with Gotham, I mean, you at least but you have the cop thing to drive it like you you, you have that going right. on but i don't i don't know what would be the motivation of a krypton like what a bunch of scientists and then you have i don't like know. i don't i don't know i mean they do have a warrior cast i guess and if you go with the thing of the new thing with Superman has been that um, his mother was part of the warrior cast and his father was part of the science class, the cast. So the mother, yeah. the mother was, uh, they they did two warrior classes and the mother was part of the warrior class and the, the father, of course, was a science. And that's how they got together. She was part of the science police, which ties into Azad and the whole thing because she was part of the police and... And security. I mean, they, if they link it together from the comic side like that, um, maybe. But st- I, but it's crypto. I don't know. It's just I, I would really I like know. to see a, a series not, not directly tied to the Man of Steel movie, but taking a cue from it and actually, you know, Krypton is actually there. It's a colony that they founded, mm-hmm. um, that their race founded, and um, actually see. Like maybe not right when it's founded, but you know, sh- you know, maybe a hundred years or something after it's been founded, and 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 um, going into we see the rise of the different houses, the House of L, and 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 whatnot, and that would well, be kind of cool. Well, I, I like the the whole thing with in Man of Steel how they had it where they would pretty much send groups out. To yeah, kind of colonize, yeah. and you find, and eventually you know that none of them survive, but you don't know why. Right. I would kind of like to see one of the people, one of them that they sent out to colonize. They would have their superpowers also because they're being sent to other worlds. Um, eventually they'll be doomed to not survive. But I would kind of yeah. like to see it like a mini series. You kind of get to watch a team of them go out and. Uh, even though it's doomed, but it, you still get to see them go out and do their thing, and they don't, you know, they never make it. But um, I would kind of like that. I would kind of like to see them, yeah. and then you find out, you know, if, if it's Brainiac or whoever eventually comes and kills them all. But I think it'd be kind of cool to, to have that. But it could be something that will end. It's not something that they're going to try to, you know, yeah, stretch yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have a beginning and an end. Spoiler. It'll have a beginning. <laughs> Spoiler exactly. on that it'll be a nice <laughs> beginning and end, and then they, you know, and then I, they can really concentrate on, you know, getting good people there and acting and really work on it. I just, I just kind of want David Gory to not be. Yeah, David Gory by himself is kind of just have somebody else. Yeah. 
The other thing with sci-fi or Sifi or whatever you want to call it channel is they go gung-ho with budgets and really put a lot of effort into a show or it becomes very, I don't know how to describe, you know, kind of like a soap opera looks. It just that fuzz it, I, I don't know just like it's not even real I don't they're, know what Siffy we're going to get next season because they seem to really they put out a lot of press releases saying they want right. to go back to their and they picked up a lot they're developing of stuff. a lot they're developing like a lot of new shows so. then they get that uh, right. they got uh, five ghosts um, mm. like they've re- six, six gun. gun like they've really been picking up a lot of quality comics and stories for their channel so are and, they getting rid of all their ghost hunter nonsense i, I don't that, think that's, they, that well. when they started with that that's like like this is not the sci-fi well channel. the ghost like, stuff is fine like the the reality show of ghosts like if it's a reality no, show of just wrong. nonsense or whatever that that's different no. but at least it's a theme it's still in the the realm of you know something you know like close to Science fiction or supernatural stuff. I was gonna say it's neither science nor Warcraft. But it, it exactly. But it's so cheap <laughs> to do that. They could do that if it helps bring in a little bit of money. Then fine, do that. The things I've seen them option uh, these this year seems to make me think that they're going in the direction of we have to do better than what we've done before. Who's their parent? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sci-Fi's part of Viacom. Oh, Viacom. Oh. And they've been unhappy with the way that it hasn't been. Like, they haven't been well-received, and they've pretty much been a laughing stock when they call themselves a Sci-Fi channel. So I'm hoping. The only thing I watch on Sci-Fi anymore is Face Off, and even that's kind of starting to get stale. Well, I watch a few things, like Defiance, and, you know, I watch watch a few of the, the Dominion. I did watch Dominion. With the angels and stuff, but that's still still in the in the cheap vibe though. It's still exactly. it, it, but the last quality science fiction series that I think they really had on there was Battlestar. Yeah, they have never reached that level of bat. They have never reached that level of Battlestar again so far. And the, but the thing is, they can get that way. Like they they've done it before. Yeah. They can get to that point. It's just the thing of of getting them to that to that level to to do that. So I'm hoping, I'm truly hoping next season uh, that we will get something really improved programming. Because I I love Five Ghosts and I don't want them to crack that to, to, to crack that up, mess it up, and make it crap. And, and I don't know anything about Five Ghosts. And I oh, it's a, it's a great comic. It's really fun. And I love Letter Forty Four. Like the storyline alone of their aliens, they 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 know that the president, each president that that has been at a certain point has known that there there actually is aliens out there and they seem to be building a a gun like a giant a weapon and they have sent people out and the reason why the president the president that we have now the reason why the president prior to him has been putting all of his money into um defense and and war and you know, like all you know the complaints about not taking you know not no health care and all that kind of stuff it's been because they've been he's been trying to prepare for whatever thing is going to happen with those aliens out there and you kind of and this president is stuck with that now he's elected and now he has to deal with that threat with that problem like i like i don't want them to mess that up either it was i enjoy that comic it's really it's a, it's a well-written comic and a good story so i i hope that even going out to buy this stuff and option this stuff um 
that that means that they really actually want to do something quality. They want to do some quality TV to get people because you can bring us back. You can bring people who have stopped watching completely. You can bring them back if you do. Something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I check it out every so often i'm like what's sci-fi up or see whatever they're calling it just needs something to watch you just you know and everything i mean again i really really love face off and you know i i know a couple of people have been on there competing and it's it's very interesting but i I like the strain and 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 now i have i have i have not watched the strain yet because Mm -hmm. i hadn't had a chance but now they're all streaming on fx um, just as a, a note to everybody before we get to the, the very close of the show, uh, while most of the DC shows are on hiatus here in, in the mid-season uh, break, we're going to be doing a series of some special shows. We're going to uh, do commentary tracks for some uh, pretty cool DC TV things we're going to keep uh, under wraps right now and just have as a surprise. Uh, but we have some really cool plans in the works. Uh, also, we're talking to um, our brothers over at the It's All Connected podcast, also on the HHWLOD podcast network. Uh, they do a podcast all about uh, uh, the Marvel Studios stuff, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the connected uh, the movies and uh, upcoming Netflix shows as well. Uh, we're talking about doing a crossover episode with them because we love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. <laughs> and they Absolutely. love Flash, Arrow, and Gotham uh, and Constantine. So uh, we'll have a big uh, crossover roundtable some point here during the holidays. Um, so if you enjoy this show, then you probably enjoy a lot of the other podcasts we have on the HHWLOD podcast network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, uh, the Ichapod Crane cast about the Sleepy Hollow television show. As I mentioned, it's all connected. The Marvel Studios show uh, that covers uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. They'll also be covering Agent Carter uh, as that starts in January. I can't so wait. That looks yep. pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Yep, I'm yep. Pretty, pretty psyched for that. Um, but if you, uh, if you are a geek of any stripe and if you like DC TV, you probably like other TV shows as well, uh, check out that site. There's probably a podcast there for you to enjoy. Also keep your eyes and ears open in January for the giant relaunch of the Taylor network of podcasts. Yes. I don't want to say too much because, you know, we have a lot, there are a lot of top secret things going on right now, but, uh, keep your eyes and ears open early January for the. The return of the tycoon. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, until next week, when we talk about the next episode of Constantine, and I think we're going to start talking, I wanted to talk to, uh, next week about Assault on Arkham, if we could. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm all in. And oh, if, yeah. uh, if you guys are down with that, yeah, we can talk absolutely. about like, how that relates to the Suicide Squad movie, kind of you know, focusing on that maybe next week, Hell you know, yeah. since we have some time off. Yeah. So until then, guys, uh, I'll talk to you, and thanks so much for joining me. Oh, it was great. Thank you.
Thank you.